Hi, everyone. Welcome to Crime Cults and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Bryn. And what's going on? What's new? Nothing new over here. I am not watching anything new, not reading or listening to anything new. I'm in my same old shit right now. (laughs) I'm about to start reading the book Ugly Love, which is another Colleen Hoover. So let me know if you've read it and you loved it. I've heard mixed reviews on it, but I haven't hated anything she's written so far. So we're going to try it out. Oh, let me know how it goes. I will. Yeah, but nothing's new. I got to go outside today, which was amazing because it was like 55 degrees. Really? I've been feeling freezing all day. Really? Warm? Yeah. Yeah, it's been warm here and the sun was out. So we took the dog for like a little mini hike and it was really, really nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. We like sat by a stream and just chilled there for like, 20 minutes oh my gosh that's so nice yeah it was exactly what I needed I had heard that this week was supposed to be a little bit warmer again which will be good thank god yeah this weekend was brutal (laughs) insane we were just saying how weird is it that yesterday was like five and then today we were out sitting without our coats on in the middle of the woods (laughs) I can't wait to be in Florida briefly in a couple weeks (laughs) I know. I'm going a little bit shortly after you, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, that should be good. So should we get right into our coffee review since we don't have any recommendations really today? Yeah. Do you want to go first? Sure. So I'm drinking a coffee from Haymaker Coffee Company. Mm. The noted coffee or flavored coffee that I'm drinking today is coconut caramel vanilla. Yum. It's really good. It's a medium roast, and it is 100% Arabica. It says it's a blend of coffee from Central and South America, and it is a ground bean coffee. Their website is haymakercoffeeco.com, and if you want to check them out on Instagram, because they do have other really good-sounding flavors and noted... I don't know if it's flavored coffee or noted coffee, so that's why I'm saying both. Their Instagram is haymakercoffee. Yum. So mom... I'm guessing mom ordered that online. Yeah, she ordered two online. They're located in Jacksonville, Florida, and I'm not going to tell too much about the about them since we weren't sent this coffee, but she did get two bags from them, and one was a just a standard coffee and one was a noted coffee, so that's why I went with this one. I love the taste of this. It's not too sweet, even though there is that coconut caramel vanilla I feel like sometimes it could be very artificial tasting, especially when caramel or vanilla are involved. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's a nice mix of all three. Like I can taste the hinted notes of all three flavors. That sounds really good, though. Those are like three amazing coffee flavors. Just add hazelnut and it would be perfect. (laughs) Yeah. And make it a little bit of a darker roast. And I would (laughs) totally be even more in love with this coffee it is good for being a medium roast though it's not too much with the sweetness like I said I'd probably rate this one an 8.5 yum okay cool so my plan this morning was to go to a place for breakfast that had specialty coffees and we went and we walked in and like I'm not going to say the name of the place. Okay. We walked in and the pictures were very deceiving online. We'll just say that. And they have like these specialty coffee drinks. So I was super excited to get one. 
and we got to the table and immediately somebody like ran over and started pouring me a cup of coffee and I was like okay and then at that point I was like I don't want to ask her because she was the only one there in this tiny little store and she looked a little bit stressed out so I didn't want to ask her to make me this crazy specialty coffee drink I don't know their food didn't look like it did on the menu so I was like is this even a thing here so I didn't order it Mm. which sucks but I found a coffee recipe online that sounded really good so this one is honey vanilla oat milk iced latte Ooh, that sounds good I know and it's according to Brandon's always iced coffee season so (laughs) (laughs) even when it's negative five degrees (laughs) well that's when you know something's fucking wrong and how cold it is outside because yesterday I by choice ordered a hot coffee because (laughs) it was so cold out Oh my god, that's so rare. But yeah, so the ingredients for this coffee is half a teaspoon of vanilla extract, one and a half teaspoons of honey, one cup of oat milk, and two shots of espresso. Yum. So you just basically mix it all together and add some ice cubes. And this recipe actually also recommended to do coffee ice cubes so they melt and they don't water it down. Mm-hmm. Always a good suggestion. Yeah. So we'll post the recipe link or, you know, a picture of what they made and everything so you can find it like we always do. So try that one out and let us know if you have tried it. Yeah, for sure. It sounds delicious. I want to try that one as well. Still have to try the coconut cold brew. (laughs) Sounds so good. Yeah. And I wanted to throw out there one of the Haymaker coffees that I just saw is caramel toasted pecan. Yum. Or pecan or however you say it. Pecan. (laughs) (laughs) So that sounds delicious. Okay, I'm gonna have to order from them. Their coffee, mom said, is supposed to be really good. I think she found it through people suggesting it online. And she bought their standard blend because she said people were raving about it. I just wasn't in the mood for a basic coffee today or I would have tried the standard blend I needed something flavorful so that's why I went with the other one so anything else we want to add or should we get into our case for today let's get into it I'm good I don't have to add anything okay so grab your coffee and have a morning with us all right guys before we get into today's episode we really wanted to touch on something that's a little bit close to home and We felt like we really wanted to use our platform to talk about this because, like I said, it it really hits close to home. And and this this had recently happened to one of our close friends. So our friend Chelsea, love you, Chelsea. This week, her and her baby Haven sadly lost her fiancé and Haven's dad. Officer Sean Slagansky. And we wanted to put out a call to action for all of our listeners to donate to the GoFundMe to help support Chelsea and Haven in this tragic time of loss for them. If there's anything that you can do financially to help them, I know it'll be appreciated. So we are going to post the GoFundMe link to our Facebook. We already posted it on Instagram, but we're going to post it again. And like Bryn said, Sean was an officer in Pittsburgh and 
if there's anything you could do to help them, please, please just consider donating to the GoFundMe. Even if it's $5, $10, anything will be appreciated. And many of you have probably seen us post about Chelsea and seen her participate in our giveaways. She's the owner of Whiskey Moon and always provides the most beautiful candles for our giveaways. And is just the most absolute, most absolutely genuine person. And her, both her and Sean were such selfless people. And I feel like now is the time for the community, which has already been seen to be stepping up for them. But we would also appreciate if our listeners step up for Chelsea and Haven as well. Right. We've talked, like Bryn said, we've talked about Chelsea a few times on the podcast. If you've been to my wedding, you know how amazing her candles are that she makes. She just puts her heart and soul into her business as well, like she does with everything. So please consider helping out her family through this horrible time that she's going through right now. Yes. And without further ado, get into today's episode. Yeah. So today's case was suggested by listener Ashley. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. I'm going to jump right into it. We're going to do two cases today since they are a little bit on the shorter side. So I'm going to start with the first one, which is about Gladys Ricard. And a little bit of background on Gladys. She was born October 15th, 1960. And she was born in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. In 1983, Gladys and her family moved to New York from the Dominican Republic to start another life, quote, in search of the American dream. I love that. Gladys had cleaned homes and offices before eventually going to college, and then she got a job with a travel agency. She eventually moved to New Jersey with her son. So she was very hardworking, it seems. Yeah, and definitely trying to accomplish that dream that she came and, and traveled to a new country for. Trying to better her life and her family's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. She was 39 years old at the time of the story, and she lived in Ridgefield, New Jersey at this time as well. She was described as being down to earth, quote, in love with life, kind-hearted, always willing to lend a helping hand, and loved to sing and dance. So cute. Aww. Moving on to September 26th of 1999, Gladys was to marry a man named James Preston Jr. That day, she was getting ready in her living room before she was going to leave for the chapel in a white Rolls Royce. Ooh. Fancy schmancy. Very fancy. I love it. I could totally picture the vibe that she was going for for her wedding. I know. How cute. I love it. Seeing pictures and stuff, it was such an aesthetic that she was going for. Oh, I have to look it up now. Okay, that's cool. Gladys was in her wedding dress and distributing her bridesmaids their bouquets when the unimaginable happened. A man in a suit with a briefcase came to the front door of the home, and he told family members that he was going to wish Gladys well on her wedding day. So they let him come into the home so he could do that. I mean, why would they question that, you know? Yeah, a little bit weird. But yeah, I mean, they're not going to say no. Yeah, but as well, if someone knows it's her wedding day, they were in the know. 
So it's like, how would someone want to wish her well on her wedding day if they didn't know her and the details of her wedding, you know? Yeah. The man then took a 38 caliber Smith & Wesson revolver out of the briefcase. He fired five shots and shot Gladys three times in her wedding gown and in front of her family members and bridesmaids that were there. Oh my god, that's so awful. This is... I can't this is just the most unimaginable thing you this is supposed to be the happiest day of somebody's life you're getting ready with them you're helping them get into their wedding dress and then this happens and it's in a safe space like that happened in the living room of her home just terrifying another horrifying detail with what happened to Gladys was that her murder was caught on video a videographer that had been hired was recording the bride on her wedding day Ugh. It just, oh my gosh, this whole thing. I, my hands are all sweaty already. Witnesses had been heard screaming and running after the shooting had happened. The fact that that's all on video is just beyond horrible. It's just horrible. Yeah, again, like this, this was supposed to be a recording of the happiest day of her life. And instead it captured just the horrifying events that unfolded the worst day of her life yeah so gladys's brother juan tackled this man as the man tried to reload the gun and police were immediately called first responders arrived quickly but gladys had already passed by the time they got there she was found by responders in a pool of blood on the living room floor and again she was in her wedding gown That's just what makes this all so much more. I mean, regardless of the day, it's a horrible thing to have happened. But just on this day specifically, it's just so unimaginable. Mm -hmm. So who was the killer and what was their motive is probably what everyone that is listening is wondering. Gladys's murderer was quickly apprehended. Numerous witnesses at the scene were able to identify who he was. Wow. So that's another reason why this man was probably allowed into the home. He was a familiar face. He wasn't just a stranger that nobody had ever seen. Right. He was a man named Augustin Garcia. Garcia was Gladys's ex-boyfriend. Wow. A little bit about their relationship. The two had met on a New York City subway in 1992 They traveled in what was mentioned as, quote-unquote, different social circles. Apparently, Garcia was influential in his community and would partake in lavish parties, etc. Even so, the two hit it off and became an item, and they built a relationship over a course of six years, although it wasn't specified with how many years they were officially dating. Garcia allegedly even helped Gladys to buy a home. They split up months before what was supposed to be Gladys's wedding day to James. Gladys wanted a marriage, and apparently Garcia wasn't fully committing to that. So she did the sensible thing and left him. Right, and found a man that wanted to commit and marry her and give her what she deserved. She had found out as well that Garcia was cheating on her. And not only that, but an article from Investigation Discovery stated that he was cheating on her with Gladys's best friend. So, like, what was expected, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. 
This article also stated that she had caught Garcia and her best friend at his office one night. And this oh is how god. she found out. Oh my god. Could you imagine? No, absolutely not. And I could fully see why she would just move on, even though she was in a relationship with this man for years. How yeah. she would just move on and, and find someone that deserved her. Yeah. Garcia had tried to get Gladys to take him back, but she refused. So a fuck yes to Gladys for that. Amazing. He would even show up at her house and even allegedly left a trail of white roses. God. So in an article that mentioned this, that article said that in the Dominican community... These white roses symbolized death. Wow. So I wonder if she knew that or if she was just like, wow, another weird gesture of trying to get me back. Right. Not long after their breakup, Gladys had met her future husband, James Preston Jr. And things progressed quickly with deciding to be married after only a few months. Apparently, James treated Gladys, quote unquote, like a queen. So it's like when you know, you know, who cares, you know, how long it was and how far apart it was from her ex. Exactly. And especially if things ended the way they did with her and Garcia, and then this wonderful man came along that treated her like a fucking queen, like the way she deserved to be treated. Yeah. And he wanted marriage with her and they were madly in love. Why not? It's just a classic case of jealousy, and we'll get into it more, but it just makes me so mad. Mm -hmm. Garcia was furious that Gladys had not only broke up with him, but that she had moved on and was getting married so soon after their breakup. Again, he deserves it. Yeah, like, whose fucking fault is that, Garcia? Yeah. He would continue to do alarming things, like he called repeatedly harassed Gladys's mom on the street and even took a rock through a window of Gladys's home. That is horrifying. Yeah, so she clearly was, you know, being harassed by him throughout this time too and it probably scared the crap out of her. Yeah, and it had mentioned in that article with the rock that Gladys and her future husband James had been in the house when that happened. Oh my god. So, like, he was stalking them, too, to make sure they were home, probably. Obviously had major... These, this was just major red flags. Yeah. Eventually, Gladys called 911 and requested that the police keep an eye on her home as she did not want to press charges against Garcia, which just shows how good of a person she was, too. And that she was taking initiative, and she was fearful. Yeah. In the situation, I mean, eventually she got police involved, even if she didn't want to press charges. She's like, can you please watch my home? Right. It was also discovered that Garcia had spoken to Gladys earlier on the morning of her wedding day. He approached her at the local supermarket and security footage caught the two walking together, but no audio could be heard. He was also carrying a briefcase. Huh? So I wonder if he originally planned on committing that act sooner and then something changed. Or he meant it as like a threat and wasn't planning on going to her house that day, but who knows? Yeah. So moving on to the arrest and the trial, 
Not only was Garcia identified by witnesses and he had a motive for the crime, but the police had also obtained the murder weapon. So it was a no-brainer. They therefore had all the pieces to arrest Garcia and charge him with the murder of Gladys Ricard. In court, Garcia pled not guilty. He tried to say that Gladys's wedding day made him temporarily insane. Then how come he was acting like a fucking crazy person for months before the wedding happened? This insanity plea, for most cases, does not make any sense. And it just drives me nuts when it's clearly a planned, premeditated crime. And they, oh, I went insane for, you know, that minute and blacked out. I don't understand how he explained that when there was record of him for months harassing and stalking and throwing rocks through their house window. How would he possibly explain his way out of that? Right. Garcia's lawyers also tried arguing that he and Gladys were still, quote, romantically linked. So that's kind of the only angle that they had, it seems. Mm. However, he was found guilty by the jury of first-degree murder. In 2002, he was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 30 years before being eligible for parole. He has tried to overturn this conviction to no avail. And in 2013, he lost an appeal to lower his life sentence. Good. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even think he should be eligible for parole, but whatever. Garcia is currently detained at East Jersey State Prison in Woodbridge, New Jersey, and his current parole eligibility date is 2029. Gladys Ricard was buried in her wedding dress. Oh my gosh, that is so unbelievably sad. I just can't even wrap my head around. Not only did her family have to mourn that, but everything that went into the day of their wedding, all these people that were there probably to celebrate that had come, you know, maybe from different places, even out of the country. Exactly. I was going to say, I'm sure a lot of her family had flown in from the Dominican Republic. And it's just all of that for them to be there for this such horrific event. And her poor husband. So moving on to something a little bit more happy. The Gladys Ricard and Victims of Domestic Violence Memorial Walk slash Brides March was created in memory of Gladys. The idea for the march was created by Josie Ashton. And a little bit about Josie's inspiration behind creating the march. She, quote, was moved by the murder and outraged at the media and community's insensitive response to Gladys's murder. Josie resigned from her job and sacrificed more than three months of her life away from her young family to walk in a wedding gown through several states down the East Coast, ending in her home state of Florida, all in an attempt to draw attention to the horrors of domestic violence. I'm going to cry. That is so incredible. I know I'm like tearing up too. That is so amazing. That was all the way from bridesmarch.com, but... I just can't even believe that she put her life on hold because she felt so strongly about this. Mm-hmm. Wow. September 26, 2001, the first march took place on the second anniversary of Gladys's murder. 
Several organizations in New York City helped Josie organize the first one, the Dominican Women's Development Center, the Violence Intervention Program, the Northern Manhattan Improvement Corporation, the Dominican Women's Caucus, and the National Latino Alliance for the Elimination of Domestic Violence. So all of these came together, all these organizations to help Josie organize this. That's so beautiful. Yeah. This march still takes place annually in New York City every September 26, quote, to memorialize Gladys and the many other victims who have also lost their lives to domestic violence and raise awareness of the horrors of domestic violence. And that was a quote again from bridesmarch.com. Wow. Many women march in wedding dresses or are asked to wear all white. And you can actually donate used or unwanted wedding dresses to the cause for people to wear during the march. Which I think is also a great thing because instead of your dress just sitting preserved in your attic for the rest of its life or until you decide to maybe pass it down to someone, this dress can be utilized in it. Like if you don't want this dress anymore or if you're like, oh, it's just sitting here collecting dust. It can be utilized for this march. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. And men, unless you're choosing to wear a wedding dress or identify otherwise, are asked to wear all black to represent mourning for those who have lost their lives to domestic violence. Wow. Other marches have taken place in parts of Florida, Massachusetts, New York, and Washington, D.C., as well as Wisconsin. And you can go to their website at bridesmarch.com for more information on routes and registration and all of that. And we will make sure to provide that website in our show notes and on our Facebook page, along with the episode's resources. Wow. I'm looking at the pictures of the march that it's done, and it's just so powerful. Yeah. And I think that even if someone doesn't know the story, if they were to see that, that would cause people to ask questions. Like, what is this for? You know, like, what are people doing this for? And then not only may they help to fund or take part in this cause to raise awareness of domestic violence, but they'll learn Gladys's story as well. Right. It prompts conversation. Mm-hmm. That's just beautiful. Do you have anything else you wanted to add to the end of Gladys's story before we talk about the next one? I don't think so. I think it's just a shame that things like this happen and continue to happen. And I mean, aside from it being her wedding day, just domestic violence in general and the fact that you still see cases where Not that it could have 100% been prevented, but there was potential for it to be prevented, especially, I mean, this was in the 90s as well, so things have changed a little bit since then, but I feel like there are still issues with people who are enduring domestic violence coming forward, not being taken seriously, and or laws not working in their favor until they are murdered. Yeah. And I feel like that's another problem within the system that really needs attention and help. 
Yeah. So I'm glad we could tell Gladys's story, even though it was a shorter one. I feel like this is just another added to our list of another one that needed to be told and that people need to know about. Yeah. So thank you, Ashley, for bringing that to our attention and letting us research that. So I'm going to jump in then to the next case, and it is about Christy Chen. So a little background on Christy. She was 36 years old at the time of this story, and she was once a pastry chef, then changed careers completely to be a pharmacist, which I think is so cool. Wow, that is such a huge leap. I know. And, you know, from what I was reading, she was very successful at both. It's so rare that you see people making career changes that big, like later on in life. And she did. and It was amazing. Mm hmm. She worked at a Kroger supermarket in Memphis, and she lived in Tennessee. She was described by a friend as, quote, warm, kind, loved her family, loved her dogs. She was a fun person who had so many friends and always wanted everyone to feel included. Oh, I love her. Me too. And I love that she loved dogs. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She just sounds like someone I would want to know. And yeah, ate my self with in my life like that that's just a good person yeah it's like a perfect description of somebody that you'd want to be friends with um she received an award from the university of tennessee health science center of college of pharmacy called the wolters core clinical drug information and award of excellence in clinical communication wow yeah and they were like talking her up on the facebook page they had talked about as well so that's amazing she was definitely good at what she did. Yeah. So moving on to Chrissy's relationship with Bradley Robert Dawson, and we will be referring to him as Dawson for the rest of the case today. Dawson was 38 at the time of the story, and he worked as an information technology specialist at a nonprofit that helps children called Youth Villages. The two met in 2015 while planning a mutual friend's bachelorette party, and then they got married February 18th of 2022. Christy wore a flowing strapless gown, Mm -hmm. and they hosted a party the next day with about 20 people to celebrate their marriage at a historic inn in their hometown of Memphis. A historic inn, that is so beautiful. I know, and I love that they did like a private you know, wedding with their close family, and then they did a party the next day. That's cool. Yeah. Many people were shocked by the marriage, though. An anonymous source said, quote, it was some kind of whirlwind romance, and a few people in Christie's life knew Dawson prior to the wedding. So he wasn't very well known in her inner circle, and uh, a few of her friends were kind of thrown off by this. I could see two sides to that because if it was a really, really fast moving relationship and they were like, wow, I know you're the one, let's get married kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe there wouldn't be time for every single person to meet him and get to know him. But then going from the other side of it, that could have been a massive red flag. Like, why does he know no one in her life? Right. And why were people shocked about it? You know? Right. It's it's different too. I feel like if she were to set the stage as like, 
oh like we want to meet you guys but things are moving quickly and like he's he's so great to me all this kind of stuff but then for the other people to be like oh I was a little shocked by it you know it's a red flag right it could be her slowly being kept from family or friends or just him having no interest in meeting them and associating them kind of thing so on to their honeymoon, the couple decided to honeymoon in Fiji at a luxury resort called Turtle Island on July 7th, which was five months after they got married. That place sounds amazing. Yeah, I was just going to say, wow, Fiji, that sounds really nice. A luxury resort in Fiji? Okay. Right. This resort was limited to 14 couples at a time, so very private and intimate. I love that. The couple were heard arguing over dinner July 8th, and then there was an incident in their room. Dawson left on a kayak to another island where he took his wallet but left his phone and GPS watch. Red flag. Getchy as fuck. Some sources say he also had his passport, $1,000 in cash, credit cards, both his and Christie's driver's license, and a visa with Christie's name on it. Also sketchy as fuck. So sketchy. We can discuss it a little further down. I just, I have some things I'm wondering in regards to that. Right, and like, I don't care what you're claiming happened in that room. The second you leave with those things, it's sketchy. Mm-hmm. So the couple missed breakfast and lunch the next day. The staff then discovered Christie's body in the bathtub of the room with multiple blunt trauma wounds to her head. Oh my god. The staff was probably so concerned. I mean, they're only seeing 14 couples. Right. They're only there for two days, and then they're like, why are they not coming to meals? Right, and if it's an all-inclusive luxury resort type thing, they're they're like, where the fuck else are you going to eat? Right, and I'm sure they had private butlers and all that kind of stuff. That's just crazy. Dawson was found by the police 36 hours later on July 10th, 2022. Sources say he was likely trying to get to Fiji's main island, but was stuck on a remote island that was inhabited by only indigenous people. They told others about Dawson being on their island. Of course, as they should. Yeah, they're like, who is this random man just camping out on our island? So rude. Thank you to those people for being so vigilant, because clearly something was wrong. Right. Moving on to the aftermath, Dawson was arrested and charged with the murder of Christy Chen. After his arrest, he told the police that he and Christy got into a drunken fight in the resort room that then escalated to physical confrontation. A window was shattered and the toilet was cracked. So a very big physical confrontation. Right. And why would you just take off? Right. He said, quote, Christy was next to the toilet. She was hurt. There was blood and a cut on her face. Dawson said he then fled on the kayak after he, quote unquote, freaked out. I'm sorry. What? Picturing any, like, luxury resort, uh, just imagine this, a random person, like, taking a kayak and just not coming back, though, too. Like, and taking 
all their stuff, taking the passports, taking money, taking license and credit cards. There's usually people that are like manning those things too, like water sport things saying, okay, we're keeping it like, we'll keep an eye, you know, to make sure you don't die in the water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just crazy. I wonder if this was all an incident where he just snapped. And then after he was like, taking all the stuff then and being like, I need to get the fuck out of here. I literally just murdered my wife. Mm-hmm. Or if this was a planned thing. Right. Because I don't know, it could definitely be either with how he reacted and how this all went down. Mm-hmm. He pled not guilty to the murder of Christy. And the defense asked for bail for Dawson because he is, quote, not in good health and needed to consult doctors about his prescription meds. I'd like to know more about that. That and, like, was this a case where, like, Christy didn't know, but he was using her pharmacy background, too, for, like, what were these prescription meds? Like, were these painkillers? Were these, you know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. His bail hearing was set for September 14th, but the judge denied this request. And the autopsy said that Christy died from multiple traumatic injuries, including head trauma. Yeah, that just doesn't happen. No, and the way he responded to the situation, too, is just, there's no excuse. You wouldn't then take off and take her credit card and her license and just leave her there, you know? Right. Like, everybody reacts differently to trauma, but not, I mean, you don't just leave somebody if you think that they're injured, you know what I mean? Right, or if you cared in the slightest about what you just did to her. Right. He was clearly worrying about not being charged, and the fact that he's, ple- like, he pled not guilty, too. Who the- how the fuck else did this happen to her? Right. Initially, Dawson's lawyer, Iqbal Khan, said that, quote, He does not see elements of murder, which, is he blind? Investigators have not released all of the information to him yet, but what happened could have been an accident, is basically what he was thinking. An accident? She has blunt force trauma. Right. Like what? An accident that he snapped? An accident that, how would it be an accident? I don't know doesn't make any sense no an accident would be her like standing on top of the toilet to get something and falling and hitting her head right not multiple wounds he said that dawson left the resort because he was in shock at how he found his wife and he was trying to process it all but i would assume that they would able they would be able to track them both going back to the room at the same time And them both being in the same room. Right. And if he's claiming that he found her this way and that he wasn't the one that even got physical with her at all, why would you run from the scene and not call for help? Right. Regardless, running is making it, you know, look like you were guilty. Yeah. If convicted, Dawson would face a life in prison. And in court, he said he regrets he, quote, could not protect his wife. Oh my god. I'm not even, I can't even. No, there's there's nothing to be said about that. 
Christie's family decided to cremate her body in the South Pacific nation rather than bringing her home because basically her body was so badly damaged it wouldn't hold up in transport. That breaks my heart. Horrible. Her poor family. I'm going to talk a little bit about just like quotes from her friends that were talking about Christy. Quote, Christy was the son. She brought so much joy. It enrages me that this happened, says her friend Presley Powers. Quote, she always wanted kids and she would have been a sensational mother. I just pray for justice for her, for her family. This is unforgivable. This is a different person. Quote, all of this has been really tough to swallow, says Chen's friend Ryan Weiss. Quote, Christy always wanted to be married, but I wish I would have asked more questions about who this guy was. Oh, that's not on you. No. And I'm sure Christy did not know to the extent of who this guy was either, you know? Yeah. Clearly. And I didn't want to add too much of this because, again, rumors can be rumors, even if it's about a person that could have committed this horrible crime. But there was an article talking briefly about Dawson's ex, and she was talking about how he had a, a side to him when he got drunk, and basically he turned into, quote, a completely different person mm-hmm. when he got drunk so who knows if he has just never gotten to that point maybe around her and then it happened when they were on vacation at an all-inclusive resort or who knows if that was even true so the trial could begin as late as 2024 and until then Dawson is being held in prison in Fiji poor Christy I feel so sorry for her you know I just wish there was more of an update as of right now and I wonder why it it's taking so long for it to get to that point and like I get that court systems you know take time but that's a long time that's two years from when the crime happened I wonder if some of it has to do with him being an American citizen inside another country with like the processing probably yeah That's just so awful. Just like Gladys's case, this was supposed to be one of the happiest times of her life. Like, she was on her honeymoon. Yeah. With a person that she was wanting to spend the rest of her life with. Yeah. And you can see, of course, I mean, pictures can be deceiving, but in their wedding photos, they looked so happy. And the photographer was commenting on such a happy couple and I don't know the whole thing is just so sad wow it just goes to show you never really know you know right it's so crazy so I'm gonna read a quick listener story that came in to end this episode out a little bit on a different note because those are just I mean they need to be talked about but they're just so such horrifying cases yeah for sure So this is a really short one, but this is from listener Alyssa, who sends us a bunch of cases. Who's Alyssa? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, who is that person? Uh, She only sends us, like, every other case. No. She sent me this the other day through text message, so I'm going to kind of, like, read our conversation more than anything, and then I asked her if I could talk about it, and she said, absolutely. Okay. So I'm just going to read word for word her text 
so I thought you would find this interesting. I don't know if she wants me to say her boyfriend's name or not, but her boyfriend, who will not be named, and I went to Eastern State Penitentiary yesterday. I was taking a picture of cell block 14, which is closed off. You're not allowed to go in it. So I put my hand through the gate to get a picture down the hallway. And the first picture came out fine. And I wanted to do another picture. Well, my camera, which is on my phone, kept freezing. And it took me five tries to get the second picture. Immediately after getting the second picture, my phone completely shut down. Oh, God. I know, right? (gasps) So I stepped outside of the cell block and it took a couple minutes for it to finally turn back on. When it turned back on, the battery was only at 10% when before it had been at 40%. When I turned it back on, I unlocked my phone and my background was completely black. Normally, it was a picture of me and my boyfriend and my niece, but it was completely black. I showed my boyfriend and he was a little freaked out. (laughs) (laughs) And then my phone completely shut off again. What the fuck? I know. We had to go to the other side of the prison, and they had a charging station there. I put my phone on the charger, and it turned on, and it was at 18%. So there's no reason why it should have shut down. But when my boyfriend and I looked up the cell block, it was directly above the morgue. Mm. And she sent me a picture. I'll post it. It's really fucking creepy. It's just like this eerie hallway. Uh, she said, this is the picture that le- that it all led to. Wow. Yeah. And I replied, blah, 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 blah. And she said, yeah, you can tell the story on the podcast. It, I just went this past Thursday. So this is a couple weeks ago now. I could tell something that was there because whenever there's a negative energy, my ears start ringing like painfully bad. And it started to do that. So I just wanted to take that picture and leave, but then everything else happened. Wow. I know. Yeah, well, we all know spirit can mess with technology. And, like, you'll if you watch paranormal shows and stuff like that, a lot of the time they have to bring extra batteries because their equipment dies. Right. But that is crazy. So creepy. And these spirits did not want to be photographed. (laughs) (sighs) Wow. I, I can't believe the background of her phone was changed. That's pretty No. Cool. I feel like that's never happened to me before. And for that to happen, and then find out that you're above a morgue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Holy really shit. Creepy. Yeah. So thank you for sending in that story. And maybe don't go back to that cell block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Alyssa. That's crazy. Such an experience. And hopefully... uh whatever that was just stayed there and that's that I know right like don't go back there don't touch anything (laughs) well I've never been to eastern state penitentiary and I had always wanted to go when I was younger until like my experience that I've discussed on the podcast happened because the stories that I've heard surrounding that place are always just not good yeah like dark yeah I don't mind visitation from spirit. I don't mind things happening with spirit. When it comes to dark shit, no thank you. Yeah, I know. I agree. 
All right. Well, anything else or should we get into our spiel? I think that is all. We can jump into it. Okay. So you can find us on Instagram at Crime Cults and Coffee. That's where we post pictures of the coffees we've reviewed and the cases. And you can also look at our link tree in our bio to find all of our listening platforms that we are currently on. You can also find us on Facebook at Crime Cults and Coffee. That's where we post weekly resources, photos, uh, any phone numbers that we talk about, all that good stuff. Yes. And if you have a case suggestion like Ashley or a listener story like Alyssa, you can either DM us at Crime Colts and Coffee on Instagram or send us an email at Crime Colts and Coffee at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. We love listener stories. So keep them coming. <laughs> and if you would be so kind, if you like our podcast, the best way to support us is to on any listening platform that offers the option of doing this, which as far as we know is Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, leave us a rate and review, just be kind. And if you can't do that, if you don't have those options on any listening platform of your choice, you can like, you can follow, you could subscribe, and that will let you know when new episodes come out each week. All right, guys. So thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Until then, stay out of the prison cells. (laughs) Whether whether it be you yourself being put in a prison cell or visiting some ghosts at a penitentiary. Yeah, stay out of jail and stay out of the closed prisons. Yes, thank you. Bye. Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook